Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Armor Report. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. This is a show, as always, about stock market investing in what I call the millennial age. The combination of fundamental analysis, technical analysis that's traditional, and then millennial execution using algorithms. That's what we talk about here. So thanks for joining me. I was out last week. I did a um, a video on the road. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Today, what we're going to talk about are some of my favorite whiteboard ideas. Uh, we're entering into uh, earnings season, and so we're going to talk about a couple of stories, announcements from last week, and then one uh, coming up this week. I don't normally talk about stocks that I own. Um, the primary reason being, guys, I don't know you, so I can't tell you what to invest in. I couldn't tell you how to manage your risk. Now, you have to do that on your own or you have to call me. I'm more than happy to chat with you and, and try to determine where you are on that spectrum. I am providing for you on our website, RosenthalCapital.com, a couple of tools to help you manage your risk. The first being right there on that homepage, our risk monitor. And I give you dates on when we upgrade or change that monitor and then I try to break out for you in graphic form where we have risk on and where we've taken risk off. Um, before I get into the stock selections of the day of what stocks to buy or what stocks to sell, I'm going to share with you what I'm thinking on these names. Let's go over the algorithms first. We have five algorithms that we use um, to help us manage our risk. Here's how we use it on our trading desk. Don't forget, this is a live desk. All the information I'm sharing with you, I use every day in my own personal portfolio and for the investors I work with, all of whom have accounts at Interactive Brokers. So that's how we interface. Interactive Brokers handles all the back office. Rosenthal Capital Management makes all the investing decisions. And we use these algorithms in many different ways on our desk. We have some accounts set up that literally invest directly with the algorithm, right? We have one uh, portfolio. You can see this on our homepage where I break out the four portfolio strategies we have. We have one portfolio that's just dedicated to indexes. All we do is buy the S&P, the NASDAQ, and the small cap index. And we use the exchange-traded funds to do it. And very often we're using the ETFs that have twice the market exposure. So we get growth stop stock type of returns without any of the risk of individual names. And that's clearly a swing trading portfolio. Now, we could be in that trade for multiple months. So there's no limit on how long that swing trade is going to be. Um, but we are, that whole algorithmic approach is to buy weakness, then to sell into strength at specific points based on algorithmic interpretation. So that's one way to use this information. I have some of my own personal capital allocated there. We have our risk on across the board that happened on the 4th, 5th, and 6th of June. The S&P, the Dow, small cap index, the momentum index, and the IBD 50. Those five indexes drive all of our decision making when it comes to risk. Now, you don't, have to buy the, you don't have to buy those indexes, but when you find out that all five are telling us take risk right now, that's the best probability that we're going to see higher prices 
and be able to raise our stops to protect our assets in the coming weeks. This is precisely what happened, right? In early June, we got that really strong risk on across the board signal. We told you guys that on these live streams. We updated our website. We sent emails to everybody who was on our um, Armor Report email list, the Armor Report Action Reports. Go to our website now if you want to be part of this. You could just fill out that little box that pops up. Let us have your email address, and you'll start getting Armor Report Action Alerts. They happen periodically throughout the month. One such alert is an alert where all five indexes tell us to put risk on at the same time. You'll get an email at the end of the day letting you know we're doing that. So where are we in the process of that situation? So May created the weakness that our algorithms were looking to buy. We had a nice run in June, so statistically speaking, the algorithms were right again. It was the right time to add risk. We got higher prices. Our index-only portfolio is outperforming the market by a factor of two to one since that period because we're using twice the performance of the indexes there, and we had 200% market exposure in early June. Then what happens is when we hit targets late June, we start booking some of that excess. And now we only have 125% exposure. I say only. It's still more than 100%, right? So we're still outperforming, right? But it's dramatically reduced from the 200%. Now, what does that mean for a portfolio who's not investing like this, but using this information to guide individual stock purchases? What it means is in early June, we're putting capital to work in those portfolios. And in late June, we're done, guys. We're not adding stocks. The time to add risk is early June. Now's the time to manage the risk. Okay? So, quick update there. Um, last week was a difficult week in the market. It did not affect our algorithms yet. There was no reason for us to reduce risk yet. We already hit targets that allowed us to sell into some of the strength and reduce risk. But now we have trailed stops, okay, that move up every day. These are proprietary stops we've built in for each index that incorporates volatility of each asset on its own. Top day volatility, multi-day volatility. These algorithms are not predictive, okay? These are not, this is not AI, this is not a neural network. For those of you who play poker, you'll get this. Talking to you, DJ. This is all about statistics and probability. We've built algorithms based on statistics and probability. We want to get all of our assets or our chips in when we get dealt aces in the hole, okay? Because we know statistically we should be able to win that hand, okay? So if you could sit around a Texas holding table all day long and only play aces, you would come out ahead at the end of the day all things being equal. Now, that's not how it works in the real world when you're playing poker, right? Everyone starts to realize you're only playing aces, and then nobody pays you when you've got the aces. 
Okay, so it doesn't work in poker. But statistics really work when it comes to investing. This is anonymous. Nobody knows what I'm doing. So if I hold on to my assets and I don't invest and I wait and I wait and I wait, and then I get what we would call aces from an investing standpoint where we're buying weakness. And I put all the capital to work there. And we know statistically speaking, we have a better than 70 to 80% chance of being um, profitable on that entry. That's when we put all our capital to work. Another difference between us and poker, obviously, is that we don't have to lose it all. We can go all in with a stop. So we know the statistics are right. We get dealt our aces. We go all in. Right? And if the flop is a disaster for us, we step out and go back to cash. What a great way to play Texas Hold'em. Wouldn't that be fun if you could go all in and then go, oh, I, don't, I don't like the setup, but I'm going to take it all back. Okay, That's what we do investing. That's what the algorithms are all about. We've worked years perfecting algorithms designed for these five indexes to help us know when statistically speaking, we are at the apex of our opportunity. Then when we get far away from it, like we did late June, we start booking profits because now the statistics are turning against us. And instead of waiting for a collapse in the market, we book on strength and then we ride it higher with raised stops as long as we can. When we hit those stops, we go back to cash. How do we do this for our individual stock portfolios? When we get this risk on opportunity, we look at our whiteboard, our favorite names. We start using other algorithms to tell us which names are ready to be bought. We fill out the portfolio. We usually buy two to three times as much as we want to have at that entry. So when we initially pop up and hit short-term targets, we reduce exposure, trade around the core. It helps us protect our longer-term positions. All right. So um, algorithms did not change last week, although they were challenged. The market was challenged, but nothing has changed. So we're still long across the board there. Let's get to the stock selections of the day that I want to talk about. Please follow me on Twitter. Please go there right now because I published for you four different chart patterns, four different stocks that I'm going to talk about. You can find me on Twitter at hashtag armor report. Let me see. I think what I'll do is share the screen for those of you who are not um, looking at Twitter right now or can't look at Twitter or whatever. Um, oops. Let's take a look here. This will give you guys a chance to get uh, to get to. Uh, Okay, here we go. Let's start sharing. All right, what you're looking at here is a chart pattern of Schlumberger. No, no, that's XOP. All right, let's talk about XOP real quick. All right, let's talk about energy real quick, okay? 
Um, I highlighted energy, I think it was over a week ago. I said we're focusing on the energy space. Um, we see dramatic declines in energy. If you look back here, this is XOP, which is the ETF of um, the energy exploration production companies here in the U.S. Dramatic decline, okay, from uh, October of last year, complete with a double bottom. We were buying in here, truth be told, and it's come right down at our stop, and it's holding at our stop at the moment, okay? We're giving this one or two more days, but if it doesn't really start to show promise, we're going to cut this out. We bought a lot of weakness, but it got a lot weaker last week, which was a bit of a disappointment. Okay, so I told you guys last week, I think I'm going to mention this, that we're on the lookout to protect our capital here, but we haven't exited yet. Still true. Let's take a look at Schlumberger. Now, Schlumberger, okay, here's the, where, just, there you go. Okay, Armour Report entry. We're in here right in this area. They announced earnings last week, okay? We're doing the research, guys. It looks like this slow-moving ship of energy companies is starting to, to turn. Now, I've been here before. Sometimes it's a rocky go at the beginning of the turn on energy companies. But the best time to buy these energy stocks is when they're down big, when the dividend on a company like Schlumberger is more than 5%. If this double bottom here holds, look at this clear double bottom. If it holds, this thing starts to make higher prices here. You're locking in a better than 5% yield. And, and Schlumberger is saying on their conference calls and saying on their um, investor conference appearances over the last month or two that the industry looks to have bottomed and they're starting to see trends change back in their favor. Now, that could take months to really come through when it comes to earnings. But when you're getting paid more than 5% in dividends, you're collecting that passive income, you, you, you could take, they could take all the time they want, right? If this thing just goes sideways in here and I collect that yield as I wait, I'm happy to do that, particularly in an interest rate environment where we can't find anything to pay us a yield. So we're trying to find stocks down big but have Solid businesses, blue chip names, the businesses are turning, the business cycle's turning. And of course, and here, here's just a quick look at Exxon, 4.5% yield. Okay? And of course, my favorite pipelines, U.S. pipelines. And we talked about this back here, okay? When we got the risk on all clear buy signal in June, the Armour Report, I should move this over, okay? was buying right in here early June. We've got an 8.5% yield that we've locked in back then. Okay? And now it looks to be breaking out of this downtrend. Guys, if that's the case, oops, let me, if that's the case, if that downtrend is breaking and we get higher prices in here, we get 8 plus percent yield, that's just like a home run for conservative money. You know, and, and here's the fun thing. I shouldn't say it's fun, actually. It's a bit disturbing. It's a bit disturbing. But I will say this. If we get continued unrest in the Middle East with Iran and the Straits of Hormuz, 
U.S. energy prices are going higher. At the very least, there's a floor in there. And so these dividends are real, and these stocks can drift higher or they can explode higher if things get out of hand in the Middle East. So again, that's not a good thing to get out of hand. But from an investing standpoint, after these stocks have already been killed and the prices are down a lot, it's a good hedge for your portfolio. If things get out of hand in Iran, that'll be negative for the rest of our portfolio and very positive for this part of our portfolio. Okay? Now, let's hop over to Twitter. Well, no, you know what? Let's take a look at IBM, okay? This is one to cheer about. We talked about this before the call. I spoke to you guys last week on Wednesday. I said the earnings are about to come out, all right? Now, when you have a stock that's down big into earnings and is in a downtrend like this, all right, I'm trying to just give you the idea of the depth of, of what's declined in here, and you get a nice little cup and handle complete with an island reversal. So a gap down here and then a gap up here for IBM. Then a pullback to the 200-day moving average that holds. We get a risk on across the board. Here's how we use our algorithms. When all five indexes tell us to get long the market on June 4th, we look at our whiteboard, we find our favorite names. IBM had a better than 5% dividend yield. We got a confirming risk on entry point with the IBM algorithm. The stock was already up in the earnings, I told you last Wednesday. So now we just got profits that we're risking on the earnings announcement. And nobody liked the company. So the bar was very low for them to make an earnings announcement that would be um, considered positive to the street. And, of course, that's what they did, and the stock broke out. You guys taking notes? You writing this down? Are you picking up when I'm laying down? I hope so. Because if you have been, if you are, you're making money, and I like making money for people. Now, let's swing over to Twitter as the last piece of this conversation today. You all know I've been following this stock for a while, if you've been following me. I love island reversals, okay? What's an island reversal? A quick look, okay? Here's a gap. Here is another gap. Okay, you guys see those gaps? I should have them highlighted in red and yellow, but close enough. You see the gap down and then the gap up. That means all these people here that were confused are trapped. You have short sellers trapped. You have guys who want to be long that are trapped. Then we have a little what's called a cup and a handle, and we're breaking out of it right here. But it's going to take an earnings announcement to blow this thing out. Okay, this gap up here was solid earnings. We need to see a second quarter of better than expected earnings out of Twitter for this to work. They announce earnings on the 26th. If they don't, you know, really blow the street away again, if they don't really deliver again, then this stock's going down. It doesn't matter how good this cup and handle chart looks. But if they deliver, if Jack Dorsey's done it and they've turned the corner and it's becoming more relevant and they're, and they're able to increase their ad spend, um, um, what they could charge for ads and the margins on all that business, if that continues to happen, that's what happened last quarter. Surprise the street. They had a great number. 
if they do it again, stock could be uh, off to the races. William O'Neill, go read the book, How to Make Money in Stocks. It's a great book. Right in there, it talks about how you have to have at least a couple of quarters of runaway growth before you get the big moves in stocks. You need at least two quarters in a row. Let's see if the 26 will be then. This is not a prediction, guys, right? Okay, I'm not telling you, okay? I'm not telling you to run out there and buy the stock. You have to figure out your own risk and your own risk tolerance. And I, I would never recommend somebody run out and buy a stock in front of earnings just because I'm talking about it. You've got to do your own homework. I've done my homework. I own the stock cheaper. I've got a bit of a cushion just like IBM. Okay? So I'm going to have this stock in the earnings. Owning stocks in the earnings is dangerous. It worked in IBM. It may not work in Twitter. Okay? So you have to have the right position size. You have to be able to deal with the volatility. If you can't deal with it, you can't buy these stocks in the earnings. The flip side is, unfortunately, some of the biggest moves to the upside occur with earnings. Okay? So it's best to buy weakness before the earnings announcement. Have the stock run up a bit, get a cushion, and then you're able to make it through the hysteria and agita of earnings. I find usually position size is the best way for me to deal with it. I don't want to carry too much endurance. If the number's great and the thing's up huge, over the next week or two, I'll look to double or triple the position. I bought it cheap. It was a, it delivered. Now I think we're going to go on a multi-month uptrend, let's say. So I'll buy more. I'll double, triple my position on sell-offs over the next couple of weeks. So the stock's up huge, and then it sells off for a couple of days. I might add some more. Runs up again, sells off back to the 50-day. I'll sell some more. I'll buy some more. You, you see what I'm saying? So I'll build my position. So I have the core holding on now, but it won't be a, ma a major position size. But if they deliver two quarters in a row of great growth and the stock's breaking out, I'm not going to buy the, the, the run-up, but I'll look to buy weakness over the next month or so and build my position up. That's how I do it. you got to figure out what works right for you. I hope this has been helpful for you. If you like this, please like it. Certainly comment. I love hearing from you guys and subscribe. And of course, if you can, bring other subscribers in because when we get to 200 subscribers, I'm going to reveal for you the top three cannabis stocks in my portfolio. Right now, I only have two stocks that are cannabis related in my portfolio. In my conservative accounts, I have zero. And it's been like that for weeks. Don't misconstrue my enthusiasm for the investment thesis of cannabis over the next three to five to 10 years with a portfolio full of cannabis stocks. No, everything I do has stop losses. And I recognize when the market is not in sync with what I think, clearly they're killing these stocks. I don't need to own them right now. I love it. Let them drive them all the way down to ridiculously cheap prices. And then I can build my positions up when I get the right risk on signal. I'm still waiting for that. But when we get to 200 subscribers, I'm going to tell you what the top three names are 
either in the portfolio or on the runway waiting to be bought. All right, guys, take care. I'll talk to you again on Wednesday.